You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station Trek, uh, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Greetings, carbon-based units. Alan Seiler. What's up, Twitch? And, and Veronica Dashel. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm watching myself on the Twitch and um, seeing how long the delayed reaction is. This is not going to work. <laughs> We're going off the rails already. <laughs> We've lost Veronica already. We're a man down. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so this is exciting. We're taking part of the uh, the, the Strange New Pod is, is hosting the Captain Picard Week Podcast Festival. And we jumped on that. And we are doing a segment tonight about Captain Picard's legacy on film. And it's going to be specifically about Picard as a film character, which uh, is pretty distinct, I think, from, start, from Captain Picard as mm-hmm. he was portrayed on television. And I was just telling the guys, because we're starting off with Generations, and I was very surprised when I, when I was about 20, I got into Star Trek online fandom and things. And before that, growing up, I was the only person I knew in you know, the suburbs north of Atlanta who liked Star <laughs> Trek, and it was just my thing. And so it was really exciting for me when I was 13 to go see Generations, because to me, it was, I mean, it was as epic as something like, you know, Avengers Endgame would be now. It was Captain Picard and Captain Kirk on screen. Mm-hmm. But and just to be in a room full of people for the first time who were into Star Trek. And as the movie was starting, they were having problems with the projector. And then I remember there was a <laughs> some guy in the crowd yelled out, I can't do it, Captain. I don't have the power. <laughs> And then some other guy chimed in, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a projectionist. That <laughs> just like, is amazing. I'm among Star Trek fans. This is amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so let's kick it off with Generations. Um, like I, this is a film that I loved and I had no problems with whatsoever um, and didn't realize that other people didn't like uh, for many years of my life. And so I was wondering what you guys think of Generations as a film, but specifically what they did with Captain Picard in that film. Other people always ruin stuff. (laughs) (laughs) If only they all liked what I like. Exactly. Um, General impressions. I I enjoyed it a lot the first time I saw it. And I saw it in the theater too, like opening day or opening weekend at least, because I was super jazzed about this. And I remember it was like, this isn't specifically about Picard, but I remember how different it looked. You know, Mm. like it didn't, look like a tell you know it, it's so it's so easy to like you don't see this with the original series movies but it looked like you know if you take this episode and put it on the screen it would look yeah. I, I don't even know what the hell I'm trying to say well, but, <laughs> but this looked bigger it looked mm-hmm. like the, the use of lighting was different oh yeah it looked exactly the same but richer you know what mm-hmm. I mean like everything was filmed in a different way. And I thought it really sort of transformed those sets and the characters were just like came alive in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keith. Keith. Yeah. I thought the same thing. And I thought, I thought it was interesting, Chuck, when you were saying about going back down memory lane, I thought it was so funny when you were saying that I guess growing up North of Atlanta, 
you didn't know any Star Trek, uh, a lot of Star Trek friends. To me, that is so wild because I didn't know anybody pretty much who didn't like Star Trek. I mean, I know a lot of people <laughs> who didn't like Star Trek, but I grew up in a time when there was a lot of Star Trek fans around me. Right. Uh, I grew up in the original series. And so I remember, for example, when I went to college and started traveling for business and stuff, I would always do three things when I go to a new city. I'd look for a comic book store in the city. <laughs> I'd look for a local diner because I love local flavor. And I'd pull out the TV guide and see where the original series was showing. Because there was a time mm. where it showed all the time and you could find it in like any city in the United States. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I've been a, I've been a lifelong fan of Star Trek since I was about six or seven years old, started with the original series. And then I clearly remember the excitement of seeing the next generation with Picard on the small screen. And I remember at the time it was funny because for a whole bunch of reasons, things that happened, I ended up renting a TV for it or renting a color TV from one of those rental center kind of places. And I got this TV that has cigarette burns in it. And then I had this whole thing of somebody <laughs> trying to repossess it. So let's just say I've been a Star Trek fan. So if I was excited enough to rent a television and watch the series on <laughs> premiere on television, then I also remember being excited to go to see it at the movie. And I think, as y'all said, one thing I noticed is that the cinematography was different for the movies. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, you know, we talk yeah. about a lot of times with television shows. I mean, I remember even series like the TV series Highlander that on the big screen, it looked this is the one with Duncan McLeod, Adrian Paul looks so much different on the big screen than the small screen. And you're right. Mm-hmm. I could see there were there were all these touches. There were a lot more views of the Enterprise, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the long, slow pan of the original uh, movie, Star Trek, the motion picture. Right. But there are a lot more shots of the Enterprise. They were really trying to give you this a, a feeling of the scope and the mm-hmm. scale of the ship. And I like that the music is bigger. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the action is bigger. Um, so I, I liked it. Uh, there's a lot about the first movie. I I got to say, in some ways, I was a little disappointed in the first movie with, with Generations. But there was so much about it I like. And I did like the look of it on the big mm-hmm. screen. Now, Veronica, I feel like you would have seen this movie like six months ago for the first time or something. <laughs> no, I, I had I had seen it before I met you at oh, good. some point, um, probably because it was on TV because and I was just thinking like. For me, I probably saw it on TV for the first time, and I probably did not realize it was any different than the episodes, because I remember you guys. I mean, just now you guys are talking about how the scope was so different. And I'm here mm-hmm. thinking, I forgot that when he got his memory chip, that wasn't an episode, not the memory chip, the emotional chip. Yeah. I was thinking, so for, and I, I, I was just watching it again today. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's right. This is part of the movie, not an episode. Right. Wow. <laughs> so for me, I don't, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Um, mm. I'm even, even today watching it and like trying to think about stuff. I, it seemed like an episode to me. That, that's it, a, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just say it does. It does feel though more like an episode than the other movies yes, do. That's exactly um, what I was going to say. Yeah. It looks different, but yeah. as far as like the story that's being told, it could have been a television story. Yeah, just a bigger you know? one than you would normally get. Right, right. But even Picard was a lot more Picard-like or more series Picard-like than he yes. was in some of the later films. And yes. Now, if you're if you're watching along and you have comments, feel free to throw them out. Veronica is going to be interrupting us as we get comments, and you get to hear Veronica read out your comment. That's part of the fun. So don't, yes. don't be shy. If you're I'm going there. to stumble over the comments. So if you read things, um, then you can laugh at me as I <laughs> so attempt to read them clearly. put complicated <laughs> words in and yeah. lots of Trekno babble. And 
as big of words as possible. It'll be entertaining. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess there's, a, there's an expectation with a film that the characters are going to have bigger emotional beats yeah. than they will in a TV show for well, an average episode. Well, Data had bigger emotional beats. He did, but Picard did <laughs> too. Yeah, but I mean, for, with Picard, they had the, the subplot of Picard's uh, nephew and brother dying in a fire. Right. And he's dealing with that, the loss, but also the loss to him and sort of regret in his life of not, you know, having children. And mm-hmm. um, and really, they try to tie that in with Soren's story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, what does anyone have any thoughts about? I mean, how how well did that work? Well, the, the, there's a couple of things when we're talking about the films, the film mm-hmm. series specifically. First is that. Uh, when you're doing a television series, you know, once or twice per season, you're going to get a Troy episode and you're going to get a mm-hmm. Beverly episode and you're going to get a LaForge episode and you don't get any of that in the right. movies. But at the same time, with it being, you know, 90 minutes to two hours or whatever it is, instead of a 45 minute episode, you have time to really go into these emotional places in the characters that you're writing for in a way that the, I mean, we did get a, a whole episode of like uh family, you know, mm-hmm. after the Borg issue yeah. after the, you know, and, and so you have that, that they, I was surprised actually that they spent an entire episode on Picard's emotional impact from being turned into Locutus. Yep. But here is a story that they spend that time to really sort of like, Develop oh, man. the emotional like, impact. There was all these comments coming through, and the phone never <laughs> loaded. And um, <laughs> the first thing I saw was something, something phone screwed up, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this phone screwed up too." <laughs> so sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay. I wasn't saying anything important or meaningful. I'm so, uh, Galaxy Star Queen says uh, their favorite Star Trek Picard was the Christmas scene in the Nexus. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, I, I also forgot that the Christmas scene was part of the movie, and I thought it was an episode <laughs> as I'm reading this. Um, Guinan. Yeah. Look, I can pronounce it, though. Um, <laughs> well done. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Spotted Giraffe says that the Christmas scene um, always cracked them up because they are supposedly French. So Christmas, is, is that a thing the French don't celebrate Christmas? Like I don't know. I feel like the, I, well, I, mean, I feel like his his Christmas looked very British. Would but be, I, it did. Yeah, yes. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It looked more like a Charles Dickens thing than yeah, yeah, yes. something else. Picard's French, <laughs> yes, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> basically. <laughs> but doesn't it go back to didn't didn't Gene Roddenberry actually want a Frenchman originally for Picard, and that's why the name stuck? Spotted giraffe is French. Yes, spotted yeah. giraffe is French. Yeah, I did not know that. Uh, Yay! Look, I learned something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, go ahead, Alan. <laughs> I, I was pretty much I had wrapped up what I was saying okay. when she interrupted me so rudely. Well, I'm, I, I, I I'm teasing you. I'm totally teasing. <laughs> okay. Well, one, one, one thing you said, Charles, I found very interesting is you mentioned the original the TNG episode family, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite episodes of all Star Trek. I love that episode specifically because they did something that they'd never done before with Kirk which was yeah. they let the emotional pain that some, a character had endured mm-hmm. last into another show. And they showed that. And right. I, yeah. looking at the movies, I was thinking about the original series movies with Shatner as the lead and the TNG movies with, with Picard. And you look at 
they're not just a change of characters, but they're a change of times. Because yeah, as you look at Kirk, Kirk was the redoubtable captain who he was hurt a lot. Look at the thing with Edith Keeler and look at the thing with Miramani on the planet where he lost his memory. But the next episode, he was back to being Kirk again. Yeah. And what that's a that's a generational change because you had a completely different group of people running Star Trek. But a lot of the things I noticed about the movies is even though they're action packed, there's a lot more of vulnerability that mm-hmm. John Luke shows in all the movies versus yeah. what Shatner shows. Right. And mm-hmm. there's a lot more of a, of a meditation, even with um, with Kirk, who was regretting the whole thing with losing his son, David, and the life he could have had. Mm-hmm. Even then, at the end, he still turned his eyes to the stars. And even though Picard did the same thing, you felt a little bit more regret. And and I would also think, in, if you look at the arc in the movies with Picard, he also took, in a lot of ways, a lot more emotional blows all the way than, than Shatner did. Ultimately, Shatner lost mm-hmm. his son, and he lost Spock temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, Picard the lost his... Yeah, and the Enterprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Picard lost an Enterprise, and he lost his family, mm-hmm. and he lost Data. And he had to deal with that weird thing we'll get to later with um, Shenzhen, this just twisted mirror of himself. And he also dealt with the whole thing with Starfleet like Kirk did. And it seemed like in a lot of ways, there was a lot more introspection and vulnerability yep. with Picard than in the times of Kirk. And I actually yep. liked that change. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like to see it just a little bit more of you keep going, but there are prices that you pay for that. And I think mm. the movie showed a little mm. bit more of the prices that Picard paid to be a captain yeah. in Starfleet. Yeah. Right, right. And I, I think saw it, you giggling, Veronica. Did you have something to add? N- uh, no, I'm giggling about how the, I'm going to get super distracted. And I commented on that in the Twitch post, which none of y'all are seeing. So Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's laughing at her own comments. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for sharing verbally. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, and... You know, I I liked that. I mean, I think it has an interesting dimension to Picard to find out in the in generations yes. that he regrets not having a family. He sort of thought yes. he was he he's very proud of his family line, but he thought he was off the hook because his right. brother had a son. It's not my responsibility. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's such an interesting layer. Mm-hmm. You know, in 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 the kind of franchise that we're talking about, it's a really interesting layer to get. Especially when you're going into a movie and you do need to be more action packed and and yes. and to do a, a bigger story, it's it's interesting that they do bigger in the sense of the, the the scope of the story that they're able to tell, but they're also doing bigger in the sense of what they can reveal about their central character. Mm-hmm. Right, and I I find that to be like the most successful thing about the TNG movies. Yeah. And, and yeah. if you have Patrick Stewart starring in your film, you well, gotta give him something to act. You know? Right. Give right. him some meat to chew on. Absolutely. It would be such a shame to have a, an actor of that caliber and to not give him that kind of weighty material to work with. Yeah. yeah and I think in the, a lot of ways, the movies contain the arc of the character himself from the series. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember when in All Good Things, when Picard finally joined the poker game. And right. this is after you know seven <laughs> years of really learning to open himself up more to his crew. And I never forget. He said, I should have done this a long time ago. Yeah. And it was like even being part of the poker game was almost a vulnerability that he didn't want to show. There's the I'm the captain. And then there's the rest of the people. Mm-hmm. And when the movies come, he he's opened up even more of himself. He's he's right. more of a friend to his people than he is a commanding officer. So I agree, Alan. I think that the way the movies were able to integrate showing more emotional beats with Picard as yeah. well as the action was was pretty good. And and I, I I love Captain Kirk. He was my first captain, but in a lot of ways, 
with the changes with the new generations of Picard and Cisco and so forth, I do like more the captains who still show that they're human beings. They're not superhumans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad you brought up all good things because as a uh, well, it's it's not really a two parter. It was a, like a two hour mm-hmm. finale. So without mm-hmm. commercials, it boils down to 90, 95 minutes or whatever. I and to me, the the story was a bigger scale than what TNG normally did. And yeah. so I really see that as the transition point between. It's like it's pivoting from episodic television onto big screen. Right. Epic adventure. And I really see that as an important step in what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. I think that that uh, that last episode develops not only Picard, uh, but it also transitions the whole the way the show is done. Yeah. What it's going to be when it co- becomes big screen. So yeah. I th- I, I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that because. Man, I love that episode for one thing, but and, and they had a very short break between yeah, exactly, exactly you know, all good yes. things and generations, right? Um, and that's why I think it comes across as so uh, pivotal, so yeah. transitional because there was that really short window, and it's like there no time passed. It's like they stepped from one onto the other with mm-hmm. no break, and you just flow right along with it. Yeah, and there's a. The pivotal thing in Generations, and I, I think we all mentioned the loss of the Enterprise, um, I, I love I, tag, uh, um, jumping on what you said, Alan, about, also about the progress. I think that the Picard from season one would not have reacted to the destruction of the Enterprise the same way the Picard of season seven in the movie did, because at the end, mm. in some ways, Riker was more gutted by the loss of the Enterprise than Picard. Not that he wasn't gutted by the loss of his ship. But I yeah. love the optimism that he had because he yeah. was basically, we will rebuild, we will go on. And that, again, yeah. is a little different Picard than the really stoic, almost butthole guy in the first episode. <laughs> when, yeah. when Riker came on, he wasn't very sure. friendly to him. But <laughs> so I, mean, I love that progress. And, and, and Spotted Giraffe says, all good things is definitely a TNG movie by itself. Oh, yeah. exactly yes. right. Yeah. I, exactly. I said that on our show before that a lot of the two-hour Star Trek episodes yeah. they did are better than the movies they did. <laughs> agreed, agreed. But I mean, I, I guess, you know, if you're losing your ship, it sort of puts it in perspective if mm-hmm. your family died three days ago. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he, he's already dealt with a, a much larger grief and loss than the yeah. loss of a ship, you know, yeah. uh, this week, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> but it's sort of the theme of the film for Picard yeah. of, you know, making peace with what you've lost yes. and the decisions you've made in your life and, and moving on. You know, you don't want to turn right. into a Soren and chase that the rest of your exactly. life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Soren yeah. let it consume him. And that's, I guess, I guess that's the juxtaposition they're making in the film is that, you know, Picard could have been consumed by that, but he chose to move past that instead mm-hmm. and keep going forward. I mean, he could have stayed in the Nexus and right. pretended to have a family forever. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Oh. Right. And season one, Picard probably wouldn't have reacted quite like that. So I do like the progress of the character. And it's- oh, he would have hated all those children being everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> And what I also think is, I would also like is, is, you know, having seen many, many, many interviews with Patrick Stewart, you know, Patrick Stewart will tell you straight up himself that he himself changed while filming Star Trek. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, as he came in, he himself said he was standoffish from the rest of the crew. He was a theater actor. He didn't know if he was going to last on the show. I remember listening to one interview with Patrick Stewart where he said that 
um, Frakes and company, they were always cracking jokes and stuff between takes. And he was kind of like, boy, what's the deal here? You know, you're supposed to be serious. And then by the end, and now if you look at the guy, you almost can't even see that the same person. Um, He is such a fun loving person. And he has often said that that show and those people helped him kind of unwind as an actor. Mm. It's so funny. And then the arc of Picard kind of follows that as well. So I've always liked that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's pivot and talk about first contact then. Let's um, because do. To me, <laughs> first contact like really like, rebooted the visual Star Trek universe. hundred yes. percent. And something that a point that I've made before on this show is that, I mean, if, if there had been no Star Trek after generations and then they brought it back as first contact, like last year, yeah. the internet would have gone crazy crying over it because it's so different. Every I, all of a sudden the next gen characters are all wearing gray and they're in a, a battleship. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they don't, Picard is swinging from ropes and punching Borg. And you know what I mean? Like you don't even know this show. Tommy guns. Don't forget right. Tommy guns. If Kirk's had done first contact, they, yeah. they'd be crucifying him over it. But, um, <laughs> but it really did reinvent Picard in a very different way. I mean, he was in a fist fight in generations, but it didn't go very well. Captain Kirk, had to take care of that element yeah uh, he was much yeah. more a man of action in first contact absolutely did, did y'all like that shift because i think um based on what um commenting what you're saying chuck i know a lot of people felt that the the shift to such an action hero picard almost felt too abrupt for some mm-hmm. for some people for um, me i was 15 at the time and my brother took me to see it mm-hmm. um and i loved it you know, I thought yeah. it was super cool. I thought the Enterprise E was super cool. You know, I thought the you know uniforms were super. I, basically, everything was just super cool about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got the tagline for the entire night. Super, super cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I want to go jazz hands. But <laughs> yeah, I could see that. It what was super um, cool. But they they did things. Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> they did things with that movie that they had never done before, you know, yeah, yeah. like, and, and not just with the characters, but with the, the way that the story is told, like all the, you know, all the climbing around on the hull of the ship, you know, oh, yeah. was, was so amazing to see mm-hmm. at that time. Cause we'd never seen anything like it. And I bet there's a comment. Okay. So J crab sap, which took me a second to figure out what the, the name was. <laughs> I apologize if I also slaughtered that said all good things is better than generations. Yeah, and says I agree. They should have done a Starship Mine Die Hard movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would have been uh, hilarious. It yeah, basically it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to go down this tangent, but I mean, Yesterday's Enterprise would have been a great movie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, yes. so, there's a but, number of there's a number of episodes that would have been much better as a movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but if we start naming those, we're not going to make it exactly. This podcast will turn into the movies they should have done. <laughs> Well, stay tuned for that topic on our regular podcast yeah. coming soon. Right. <laughs> and you never I, uh, know when. I know when I first saw it, I also had wondered initially was um, was Picard a little over the top with the anger yes. and the emotion he showed. And well, everyone was. Yeah. Um, and I think in some ways he was. But I guess at the same time, if you think about what he'd been through with the board. Right. Um, exactly. That explains that. And another thing, I, I keep I keep contrasting with with um, Captain Kirk and the different time periods. One of the things that always struck me when I first watched um, TNG is Picard is the first captain, the main captain to get mm-hmm. broken in the series. Kirk never was broken, not truly mm-hmm. broken. The closest he came was in Dagger of the Mind mm-hmm. when Dr. Adams put him in that crazy chair and was draining his mind. 
But if you think about it in TNG, Picard was actually broken twice. Um, the mm-hmm. whole thing with the four lights and the five lights, because yeah. while at the last second he managed not to say it, he had been changed because he mm-hmm. saw the number of lights that God told him. So, and I remember watching it and going, wow, um, a starship captain, Kirk was never truly broken. Picard was actually broken. That was a subtle but a bold move. And then mm-hmm. the Borg broke him because I didn't notice until this until years later when Patrick Stewart said it and I heard it, but I didn't realize in the best of both worlds that when the Borg were changing him, he was crying. And mm-hmm. there's a small tear that comes down. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then looking at the movie again, I was thinking, well, that's the first. Now, if we look at all the other captains like uh, Captain Tracy and stuff, we had a million captains who were broken. But the star <laughs> captain was never yeah. broken. Oh, yeah. Hard. And so then I, looking at it, I could look at him wielding a Tommy gun. And um, as Lily said, killing his own crew members with almost no remorse. I can kind of forgive it more, given mm. that he was truly broken by the Borg and 11,000 people died under his command. As, okay. As it's it's not so, it's, so oh. I'm I'm skipping a lot of comments because they're yes, not ma'am. making things it they're 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 coming in after we've moved on because apparently the phone hates me. But um <laughs> Spotted Giraffe says Kirk wasn't broken, but he got relieved of command and put on trial. True. Uh, hold on. I'm I'm D D for court martial 12 million seven hundred and forty nine thousand one hundred and seventy four times in three seasons. That's okay. exactly that's exactly the number. Okay. That's why it took me a minute to figure out what the number was. I had to put the commas in there. Okay. <laughs> Mentally insert the comments. Yes. Okay. So to, to what Keith was just saying. Um, what was Keith just saying? Picard was the broken. Thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it, it's not just about Picard being broken. Picard was fully 100% assimilated. Yeah. No one in yes. Starfleet understood what the Borg are like he did. He had that yes. knowledge of what they are, what they do, what yes. they're about and right. what, how dangerous they absolutely can be. So with no one else having that sort of internal knowledge of it, of Great course, point. he's going to go on that rampage because he knows hmm. no, it, it, whatever they did to him, they could do to the entire Federation, you know, yep. to the entire quadrant. So, so what you're saying then when Lily attacked, when Lily, that's, that's a very good point. So when Lily was saying how he was killing his, um, his, his people who had been uh, infected with the poor nanites. Yeah. yeah. And she said, you show no remorse. He was literally doing that. This is a faith worse than death. So I'm literally going to exactly. know what they're going to become. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Cause in yeah. home, one of the best scenes in all of Star Trek is when he was crying and he said, I tried to fight them. I tried. Remember when he broke down and he cried and he said, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't stop them. So he was aware the whole time what they made him do. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very good point. Oh, they, they sort of ramped everyone's emotions up to yeah. 11 in that episode and that movie. Right. Yeah. And I, but I think they did a good job of creating a situation for that where they were yeah. facing the Borg. They were cornered. They were losing. Um, but I mean, if you try to imagine Worf standing on the Enterprise D bridge on the show and saying to Picard, if you were any other man, I would kill you where you stand. <laughs> yeah, that you know was what I mean? Like, oh my God, that's <laughs> one of my favorite Worf moments in the history of the show. Yeah, but I, mean, oh, I think it works it. in the film. Absolutely. Um, just just like, you know, his his big, you know, the line must be drawn here. Yeah, uh, oh, no great father. line. Great <laughs> line. I make them pay. <laughs> yeah. He was challenging his Shakespearean actor at that oh, point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That was like the St. Christmas Day speech or something <laughs> he was yeah. giving. 
yeah. but he was very much more a man of action in that movie than he absolutely oh yeah, yeah i mean he has moments in the show like with um mm-hmm. starship mine but yes. um mm-hmm. but not to the extent that he's you know Mm-mm. wearing a tank top and <laughs> you know and swinging right. like tarzan you know what i mean <laughs> exactly an impressing guy's 20 years younger with the muscles that the man was showing. Yeah. 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 He was, it was, it was, it was, yeah, well, I agree. It was a little over the top, but I thought but I think, as you said, Patrick Stewart doing it, nobody could do it as well. Mm-hmm. And I do like, again, when it's all said and done, he was Jean-Luc. Yeah, he was, mm-hmm. he was thoughtful and he was introspective, especially having talked to Lily and what he had been through. And also he had seen a party himself that scared him. Yeah. I think. Oh, of course. Yeah. And on that note, before we transition to the next uh, film, I just want to say it is a damn shame that we never got any DS nine movies because I would love to yes. have seen what would happen with Avery Brooks oh my gosh, on the big cool. screen and how Cisco could have been like expanded and yeah. what, a mm-hmm. what an mm-hmm. opportunity that would have been. That's another rabbit hole. We need to go down. On exactly. Time. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I'll, I'll lose the next half hour talking about that. <laughs> right on. So, right so on. Spotted Giraffe is calling for a DS9 movie and a Voyager movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go for create it. Create the petition. I'll sign it. Yep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, the job like in right here. Does uh-huh. does like most fans, does first contact become um your favorite of all the next TNG movies? That yes. That's yep. the fact. Of yes. Oh, friend. without a doubt. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. I mean, the, the Borg were the perfect villain because, for one, Correct. Picard has that emotional connection to them right, more right. so even than Kirk does with Khan. I mean, to be honest with you. Oh, but, yeah, um, totally, totally. But also, yeah. they make such a great movie villain because they're an army of sci-fi zombies. <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, yes. they're 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 perfect. But also, they they tied it in beautifully with sort of Star Trek lore by bringing in Zephram Cochran and bringing in the first contact right. with the Vulcans at the end. So you have that right. real sort of uplifting Star Trek ending for the film, yep. you know, yeah. after you, you spend all this yes. time, you know, shooting zombies and you know, basically <laughs> having a zombie movie in space. But then at the end, you're like, yeah, this is the beginning of our future. This is the start of Star Trek. Yes. You know? Right. Yeah. It's a densely packed movie too. Uh-huh. So much stuff going on. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, hey, that makes more sense of why there were uh, space zombies in an early episode of lower decks, because yeah, those were just zombie zombies, though. Yeah, but yeah. it was still space zombies. That's true. They were in space. You're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jake Grabsap says maybe we can get a Kelvin DS9. Oh, I don't mm, know. That's yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> we're like mm. Brooks. What? We're all casting in our head exactly. <laughs> immediately, like. And it starts at the top. What would you even possibly do with Cisco? What a giraffe says no. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the comment, but inside joke, you know, I got real quiet at that point, so I'll just leave it here. <laughs> so I nominate Keith to be the on-screen Cisco. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you got to grow I'm the goatee, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can play Dax, right? Jadzia, Jadzia. Yeah, I was going to say, which one? (laughs) (laughs) All of them. Anyway, tangent. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess that brings us to Idris Elba. Idris? Yeah. It's about a giraffe. I could go Idris Elba. And so would Jake Crab Sap. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll go with that. There you go. Sure. There we go. We've got the idea of me. Sorry. The idea of me playing it, but if you want to play Idris, okay. (laughs) What's Idris got that I ain't got? (laughs) Yeah, right. 
<laughs> exactly. Okay. So yeah, that's all the next gen movies. I guess we can. I mean, <laughs> I think you could spend the whole episode on those two and yeah. not feel like you've lost anything. Dad, what's the Soul Forge podcast? The Soul Forge podcast is all about life, the universe, and everything. Is it good for kids? Oh no, it's not good for kids. Is it geeky? Oh, it can be geeky, but it can also be serious. We talk about life, sex, dating, and mental health, and so much more. Where can you find the Soul Forge podcast? You can find it everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and the ESO Network. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Insurrection came along at a time. I guess and now I'm just telling the story of my watching all these movies for the first time. <laughs> I was 17. Okay. And I don't know. I'd gotten to an age I mean, when I was young and I watched, you know, when I was 10 years old and watched Star Trek five. I didn't know or care that it was bad. I just loved it. You know what I mean? Exactly. But by the time you're 17, you notice when they put out something really bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we went to see Insurrection. I went my my mother and I went to see it and. Um, I remember the first thing she said to me when we sat down and she's like, why didn't you come see this with a girl? <laughs> so I'm already having a bad time there. <laughs> I thought it was nice hanging out with my mom, you know, but, uh, you know, oh you know my gosh, are. but That's yeah, amazing. I, uh, I, I remember reading about insurrection before it came out and they were comparing it to like heart of darkness and, really building up that element of it. And I just, mm. did, I could not heart get of into darkness. It. Yeah, the original pitch for Insurrection was going to be a Star Trek Heart of Darkness. Hmm. Um, Picard having to hunt down an old friend of his, which later became Data, which later became Data. If you've never read the book Fade In by Michael Piller, which is available uh, legitimately sort of as a textbook, it's like six, 65 mm-hmm. or $70. You can get mm-hmm. it through his wife. It's also, if you uh, have Google, you can locate it as well. But, uh, <laughs> it was leaked at one point. But it's a, a book that Michael Piller wrote about his experiences writing the film insurrection and oh, it's cool. the most honest accounts of writing a film i've ever read and it's wow. really illuminating about what went into making that so the, i mean it's honest enough that they he couldn't get it he couldn't publish it okay so ah. so so one what what is heart of darkness okay I'm and sorry. and two uh spotted giraffe was apparently surprised because she says wait what's insurrection heart of darkness what happened yeah and in, Insur- heart of darkness was a story by joseph campbell and it was also the inspiration yes. for the film apocalypse now um so if you've seen apocalypse now that's sort of the, the gist but um essentially it would be uh it was a, it's a it would be picard having to hunt down an old friend of his who i think was named was duffy who he'd gone to the academy with and duffy's gone rogue on this planet and picard's job is to hunt down his old friend and then as the script permutated, they wanted to get Data in it more. So they had the idea to make Data in the Duffy role. So he's having to hunt Data down on this planet. And it's uh, Data uh, who is defending these locals. And it's really Picard versus Data for real. Interesting. Which, of course, gets watered down again to its Data is malfunctioning. And yeah. they have to sing Gilbert and Sullivan. It, you know what I mean? It's, it's sort of this is the progress of this film where it from, you know, inspired by a great I have work no of memory of this film. Okay. That's I, I, I envy you. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in my opinion, I know people may love insurrection. Maybe everyone is going to write me hate mail now, but I feel like the film's descended into is just too many opinions and too many 
um, playing at safe choices. And I feel like the villains didn't work and the setting didn't work and the comedy didn't work. And it was the first time Star Trek had gone all CGI with the spaceships. And I feel like in a lot of cases that Mm. didn't work. Mm. And um, Mm. I I was, I've, it was the first time for me that I watched Star Trek and thought this is really bad. (laughs) I I just didn't think it was that bad. I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It wasn't my favorite, but I didn't think it was that bad. And I thought some of the humor worked well. Okay. Um, maybe <laughs> to, 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 to follow dovetail on what Alan said, I think for me, I would have to just go with the cliche opinion that you always hear, which is it felt like an episode of TNG, not a movie. And yeah. in that but, light, it didn't, it wasn't awful, but if, if, if it had know. been on, if it had been like a two parter on television, would yeah. be, you know, fine. It wasn't a great movie, but I don't think it was yeah. an awful movie either, mm-hmm. but it, it felt like a decent episode that was stretched yeah. to the big screen. Well, I think, I think it's right. big downfall is that it happened to come after a, 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 a movie that was a phenomenal Star Trek movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which did things with the characters that it would never have been able to do on television. And after that, it just didn't stack up. Mm-hmm. You know, one of one notes. One of the notes I made when I was um, looking at the whole Picard oeuvre and all the kind of stuff in the movies was, if you look at the original series movies, you've got the great so-called the great trilogy: the search for well, the Rathacon, the search for Spock, and the voyage home. Mm-hmm. So with Rathacon, you got the action movie, the search for Spock, which is actually my favorite of the original series movies. You've got the deep drama. And then with the voyage home, you've got the lighthearted fun and adventure mm-hmm. and comedy. And they didn't do that with the TNG movies, not really. And I sometimes wonder if they would have done better if they had, uh, as you were just saying, Alan, they had to follow um, mm-hmm. First Contact. I wonder if they had recreated the trilogy format of a really great action movie and then more a more mm-hmm. sober movie and then a sh- something more of a comedy or if that would have been too much. But I think the reason that that those three of the original series work so well for so many different people is you had these different moods and there's something for everyone in yeah. those. Um, but this one, First Contact, was a lot of action and deep. This was attempting to be more action and was trying to say something very deep because you're talking about, again, a potential strain of the fabric of what Federation and Starfleet itself is, but it didn't yeah. work quite well. And then mm-hmm. they go on to Nemesis, which we'll get to, which is a, which is a really dark movie as well. So mm. it's almost like they went a little too serious and dark for all three movies. and this one just didn't work as well. But I think the other problem is that insurrection was trying to hang its hat on something that the audience didn't care about. You've got this threat and, and this whole uh, scenario is built around these people. We'd never heard of before. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't anything that, that drew the audience in. It didn't really, you didn't really make that connection of like some kind of like, uh, emotional contact between the characters and the threat like right. we had in the previous movie. So I just don't think that it was, I, it was just too far removed from what it could have been. Yeah. I think you that they, they, they deliberately, I mean, I know for a fact they deliberately lightened it up Yeah, because um, Patrick Stewart in particular thought that after first contact, they should do a lighter film. Yeah. And that sort of began the process of lightening it up, but it, it, it has some of the same problems that Star Trek five did where you're putting in, War for the Pimple as a comedy beat. You're putting in um, you yeah, know, data yeah. making, not understanding what boobs are for some reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. the jokes didn't land well. It was a bad it, mix. Yeah, but as far as Picard goes, um, yeah, I really did like his relationship with Anij. I thought that they yeah. were, they were, that was one of the better relationships that Picard had on screen. I, I agree really. with that. Um, 
And, yeah. you know, I, I, I like, I, although I don't care much for the situation, I like the fact that Picard came to a point where it's my principles are, are, the, are the Federation. You know what I mean? The Federation right. is failing its principles. And that's something they'll they revisit later in Picard. Mm-hmm. That, and I was just going to say that too, that that's yeah. an absolutely excellent precursor to what we saw in Picard season one. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think when you take all that stuff in, in a, like a spectrum, you know, it, it makes a good and necessary step toward what we saw later on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think so too. And I think that, you know, Picard making that step to stand up against the Federation, it says a lot about him and about, who he is at that point, as far as his principles, he's not, yeah. you know, I don't know that season one Picard would have stood up against the Federation like that. You know what I mean? No. But um, by insurrection, he does. And, yeah. and I think it's telling too, that his crew, I mean, of course his crew is going to do it with him, but, <laughs> uh, but I like that his crew does, does it with him. You know? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think, um, I think sometimes that's, it's a good point that if you look at these things as arcs, uh, overall growth across the years, then even the, the pieces that don't work well, when you look at them in the in the whole, they work well because, uh, again, mm-hmm. comparing him to Kirk, uh, Kirk's movies were detailing a man toward the end of his career. I mean, even though he was reduced from admiral captain and went back to becoming a captain, that was the end of Kirk's career. That was that was him winding down. And with Picard and TNG, he's not winding down his career at all. He's still going, mm-hmm. and so. One thing I do like about Insurrection is he's trying to find meaning in his career, trying to make sure that the entity of which he is a part and for which he is fighting is one that is worth being a part of. Mm. And that fuels him to continue. And then we find out, as you say, with the series Picard, we find out that much later he decides this is not an entity of which I want to be a part. And now, Mm -hmm. of course, he's trying to find himself again. So I like the fact that Picard, the adventure continues, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. And so seeing Insurrection as part of that continual journey, I think, makes it Mm. maybe if not a better movie, a better piece. Yeah, not necessarily a better movie, because even though looking back on it now, it's Mm -hmm. it's like a cog that fits in the machine. It it serves its purpose and it takes a step toward what we now know happens in that with that character. But at the time, you're only getting a movie every two years, two and a half years or whatever it is. And it has to stand on its own at the time that it premieres. And I just don't think it did. I don't think it Mm -hmm. did very well. No, no. Uh, one one quick aside, um, Charles. You mentioned Anish. What did y'all think about her? Because she comes up on a lot of people's list as, as actually one of Picard's favorite um, partner you know, up there with yeah. Crusher and others. And I even read a wild theory online today that somebody had posted something that was basically saying that Picard have a child. You know, it was like was he like Kirk, where he had a child he didn't know about or whatever. And someone said, well, maybe he and Anish had a child that we don't know about, but I've never seen that before. Hey, it was that, the Garden of Youth Planet, you know, yeah, <laughs> or Fountain of Youth Planet. No, you know, no telling what was going on. Yeah. But um, I like Anish. Her? I like that she had a maturity and wisdom to her. She yes. seemed like who seemed like, yeah, uh, above Picard's level, if anything, you know, yeah, which, yeah. which is it, it's hard to do with an actor of that stature and a character of that stature of introducing someone who feels like they fit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when we did our Valentine's Day episode and we did our mm-hmm. poll of the greatest relationships in, in Star Trek, I uh-huh. wish we had thought of her. Mm. I, it didn't even one. occur to me. I didn't even think of it. Yeah. yeah. But I rarely ever think of insurrection. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, then let's move on from insurrection and talk about Star Trek Nemesis. Excellent. You think so? Go ahead, then. 
Oh, well, I didn't mean the movie was excellent. <laughs> I just mean moving away from insurrection was I was excellent. like, in that case, you go first. <laughs> okay, so um, Spotted Giraffe is apparently very excited about Nemesis. Oh, uh, good. Okay. Oh, good. I don't, I don't, I can't tell if it's a because they like it or because they can throw so much shade. I'm not sure yet. We'll find out. Yeah. Well, I mean, Picard by this time is driving a doom buggy, you know, and laughing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anybody? Well, I think it's it's the, (laughs) it's the darkest of all the movies, even much more, you know, much, definitely much more than first contact. It's got, uh, it's got an unfortunate scene with Troy that I don't like. Uh, Yeah. But it's a it's a very dark movie, and it's 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 like Shenzong was Picard looking into this weird, fun mirror, twisted version of himself and what he could become, and mm-hmm. it's 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 very bleak. Yeah, and I I enjoyed it, but I can't really say I loved it or liked it. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense, mm-hmm. uh, it's not a movie I go back to a lot. You know, okay, for but a, a lot I, of I'm gonna. I'm going to try yes. and do a small summary to make sure that I'm remembering it. Okay. They got like someone got Picard's DNA and made a yeah. clone of him. And that's who the John is. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Look, look at me remembering yeah. something. Yeah. And, he, and then we find out we, and then we find out for the first time, uh, Veronica, the whole in-depth thing about the Remans on the yeah. sister planet and yeah. that they're basically slaves and Shenzong was a slave and, he is yeah, and they built bitterness, a giant evil ship, and they're going to use their giant evil ship and super weapon to exact revenge, which takes <laughs> half the movie to deploy. Yeah, they finally yeah. are going to like shoot their <laughs> stupid weapon, and it takes literally like okay. fifteen minutes to like. Yeah, that's got- why I was linking it up with the uh, Abrams verse because there mm. was a Romulan with a giant weapon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Jake Repsap says Nemesis is a good movie. It has its issues. The Troy stuff is awful, but mm-hmm. overall it's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't hate Nemesis or anything like that. I don't know. I really don't comes together. And I, and I wish that for the Romulans debut in the movies as, as a, as a major, I mean, there had been Romulans in movies, but right. they were yes. never like the focus, but right. it wasn't the Romulans. It was the, they were in generations sort of, they, the, there were a few dead Romulans in generations <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the outpost. You can tell I watched you know, that there was, I mean, there Star Trek five had uh, a Romulan Star Trek six had a Romulan, but right. as far as being a major force in the film, right. um, I wish it had been more about Romulans and Romulan culture. Now I do love that I opening agree. sequence with the Senate. Yes. The Senate, uh, we yeah. get to see the Senate, the Romulan Senate and they get attacked. By yes. The, was it Theleron radiation? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> that does sound right though, but yeah. Is that the thing with the box? They put the box in uh, there and yeah, the box yeah, opened up and killed everyone. Like, yes. Yeah. Everybody dies. from. Hey, it, yeah. look at stuff yeah um yeah i didn't think that the the dune buggy really fit into what star trek had been to that point it's and i didn't it was almost like it's it's like trying to insert action yeah like the action didn't make sense in the story sure it's (laughs) just we have to have an action sequence so let's do this we have to have an action sequence for the trailer well yeah well okay and but the but like we were saying the action made sense in first contact yeah, you know, it absolutely worked, and this just seemed so like tacked on. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you compare the the Doom buggy sequence to say the the battle on the outside of the Enterprise hull. You know what right. I mean? And right. they're, they're both much bigger than the series would have done, and yes. they're both big movie set pieces. But I yeah. think the first contact sequence just works so much better. Absolutely. Um, then, and, and and there's not really emotional stakes in the Doom buggy sequence because who are these guys on Doom on Doom buggy planet? <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> dune buggy planet. Yeah. Um, so, I want to go there. So let me <laughs> ask really a question. Sick. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead, Charles. I'm sorry. I'm no, no, go ahead. I, I cut you um, off. You go ahead. Looking back, if we look at the movies, when we look at generations, this is a passing of the torch and it's, it's the card continuing what had happened at the end of all good things, which is finding new depths to himself, finding mm-hmm. new actual joy in his life for the adventure. That was first con. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, that was uh, generations. And then with first contact, this is a man who has to face his demons and again, face his weakness and the fact that he was broken and emerge from that. Unlike all the other captains we all saw in the series who went nuts, he emerged a stronger person facing what had happened to him. And then with Nemesis, I guess you can say that was all about him strengthening and saving the entity for which he'd been a part, which is Starfleet and the Federation, and making sure that it's something worthwhile. And I think all those things, you can kind of get our messages about what Picard was. Yeah. What was the point of Picard in, um, um, I said, I'm saying Nemesis Insurrection, what was the f- what was the message, I guess? What was Picard teaching us in Nemesis? What was what did he learn about himself or what did we learn through the Picard? Because for the others, I can find things. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say the, the nature versus nurture that they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a hard time believing that even Picard would have turned out Shenzhen if he had grow, grown up on on Riemann. You know what I mean? On right. Remus, I should say. Right. Um, but I think that's a lot of what they were going for was who am I based on uh, who would I be this person if I was in I this see. situation? You know what I mean? But also, mm-hmm. I mean, it's Shinzon in a way can be thought of as like a, a surrogate son that he finds, you know what I mean? Cause we yeah. you have the theme with Picard of not uh, sort of the, the kids in Picard goes all the way back to encounter at far point, you know, mm-hmm. when he right. doesn't like kids. And then you find later in generations, he regrets not having children of his own in a family. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he finds this clone of himself who, mm-hmm. I mean, could be a, a, a son to him. But I don't know that they they really lean into that. And I don't know that they I don't know. I, I don't yeah. I don't think that lands for me, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. And I yeah. think a lot of this, I think the sort of the pivot point, uh, I've used that word too many times tonight, was <laughs> it, inner light, you know, uh-huh. where he lives that whole other person's life and has a family. I think that that's the thing that really sort of changed his perspective on who he is and who his career, what his career is and mm. what he's sort of left behind, what he's missed out on. Mm. It may not be a conscious thing after that experience, but I think that over time, that's the thing that really brings him into what we see in the movies. Mm. Yeah. And I, I wish that that episode happened at a time in television where they could have just talked about it more, you know, and yeah. that could have been a big change in Picard's character. Like, we, yeah, we saw that just recently on Prodigy where they did a, 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 a time thing and Rock Talk was changed as a character because of it going yes. forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. But um, yeah, exactly. I mean, Picard references the inner light a few times on the show, but right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I. I would like for for generations to land better. It just felt to me like it was interaction. Oh, nemesis. The first nemesis. nemesis. You know what? Whichever one. <laughs> Whichever one. Whatever Absolutely. One. I love that. It's a, it's, a, it's a toss of a coin. Let me tell right. you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just for me, that episode, uh, that movie's not, it's not terrible. I, I'll watch no. it. Yeah. And I, and I, and frankly, I think a lot of the first season of Picard improves nemesis for me by including things like blue skies by, um, you know, really giving them another chance at that data, saying goodbye to data. Yep. Um, and I yeah. and I love seeing the legacy of you know data is this uh, you know it could be essentially an immortal character 
with right. so much to offer the universe, so smart, with so many things he could do and so much he could learn. And he gives it up for Picard, who at that point, I mean, he's in the 24th century, but he's still an old man. You know what I mean? That right. you know, he had lived his life, right. basically. And then right. Data gave his life for him. And he, then he, in first season of Picard, is dealing with the, his feelings about that still. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think for me, the first season of Picard makes Nemesis a lot, a lot more watchable because that's not the end of Picard and Data characters anymore. That and makes for sense. Many years it was. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's just like we were talking about with uh, insurrection, where fitting into the 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 overall spectrum, it makes sense. Yeah. And I think Nemesis makes sense, just like you're saying. And mm-hmm. I, I had not thought of that before. And that's really that's yeah. really smart. Jay Krabsap hey. agrees. Hey, thanks everybody. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> I think one feeling I have about Nemesis is if you think about it now, uh, I don't know how big the name was and I don't know how big it is now, but the fact that you had somebody like Tom Hardy in the movie is is kind of phenomenal because he's known as disappearing into his characters Mm -hmm. um, for good and bad. I've been reading some stuff about Mad Max Fury Road, which is very interesting, Um, but he disappears to his characters. He gives it. And one thing I can say is even though I don't necessarily love the movie Nemesis, is there are really great performances in it. Yeah. So Stewart That's gives true. fantastic performances, mm-hmm. and Tom Hardy gives a fantastic performance for what yeah. he's being asked to do. That's um, true. Yeah. Marina Sirtis in a role again that I have issues with does fantastic. Yeah, work. but, does, but yeah. she's but she's actually given some yes. material to work with. You know, she's given a challenging right. thing to do, which. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get it. I mean, other than playing drunk, you don't get that in any of the other TNG films. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. So and there I, are great performances in that. Movie. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So Galaxy Star Queen 77 that says that that part of Picard saying goodbye to Data killed me. Mm. And as mm. in my heart. Yeah. 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 Me too. Yes. Yeah. yeah totally. I, I was bawling. Yeah. It struck me Aww. watching the first season of Picard because he has. I, I didn't mean to do this, but as we're going on, just talking about how old I was at different points and <laughs> these movies came out. But I mean, well, that's cool. The first season of Next Gen, I was six years old. By Nemesis, I was oh, 20, 21. And wow. um, when Picard came out, I was what, 39? So I mean, it's like my entire lifetime. It's just amazing that those guys played those characters over that stretch of time and the material, it, they're so, still so good. They're still, that's so cool. You know? Yeah. That is. I like your journey because for me, you have to go back to Gary Mitchell and start talking about my childhood <laughs> when I first saw it. Because I was, as they say, good and grown when the movies came out. So I don't have anything to oh, yeah. to that. <laughs> me too. Yeah. And, you know, as yeah. we've talked about before, I, I never really connected with uh, TOS mm. when it mm. was happening. You know, because mm-hmm. right. I was I was a lost in space kid. And, you know, but it, it wasn't until later on in um, repeats. You know, in the afternoons, I'd come home from school and there would be Star Trek and I started to get into it. It wasn't until Wrath of Khan. Mm. Yeah. A friends took me to see Wrath of Khan. I didn't really have any big interest in seeing it. Um, but it, oh, I was 100% hooked by the end of that movie. And I was like, I'm now a Trekker. <laughs> so it was like a light switch. And, you know, uh, after that, digging back into the original series the way I did and then being so excited about uh, Next Gen launching and then, you know, seeing the way that uh, Picard has grown and changed and evolved over this many decades is so amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible that in a couple of days that it's going to keep going. You know, the, the new Picard. Yeah, I, know. I, I still can't believe like the new episode with like 
Captain Picard is going to be. I know he's an admiral now, but he's always Captain Picard to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Two days from now. Oh, so excited. I know. So uh, Spotted Giraffe says that um, the storyline and gave Troy Nemesis sucks. And I just want to note, because everyone keeps saying this, I have no memory of this. So apparently uh, I wiped it from my brain. So it was another mental assault. Yeah. Where someone uses um, telepathic powers to invade Troy's mind, Mm -hmm. which was a recurring thing that would happen to her on the show. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. Which. Mine and mine. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I like Troy when she's not being mind assaulted and she's doing her job and and having good character moments. You know what I mean? Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's another way they could have done that. But I do mm-hmm. think when y'all talking about Star Trek Picard, again, if you if we if you stand back and look at the arc of that character across what is decades now, then Star Trek Picard does serve as a as a good next step from the movies. If you look at his journeys through those movies, because he yeah. he has absolutely changed as a character from the series oh, yeah. to the yeah. movies and yeah. oh, yeah. this. And I think that's well, a and great journey. And it was a great pull in Picard of that opening sequence with the song mm-hmm. Blue Skies, which yes. was tied into Data's death. I mean that and plus they used the Bing Crosby version and he's, uh, you know, Denise Crosby's grandfather. So it's, it, it, yeah. it, tie, it all ties in so well. And so I love, I like Nemesis more now that it's a step along those journeys yeah. and not yeah. the end, you yeah. know? Exactly. And Spotted Giraffe also said that uh, Picard saves Troy's story as well a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the best material Marina Circus yes. had is Troy is in yeah. Picard. Oh, I think yeah. she Absolutely. was fantastic in the Oh movie. my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. I, I agree with that too. I think that um I wonder I wonder how many of the movies, the four movies that we had were written with Patrick Stewart in mind. Like would they have done that slightly differently if Shatner had still been the captain or oh a hundred percent. Yeah. Well a hundred percent. Yeah. And he had a lot of input into those. Yeah, okay. he did. Okay. Yeah. Um oh, that yeah. makes sense. Because those I mean movies you do would it. have been very different had they been TOS movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree with that because it, it works. I mean, it, and and one thing I can say about those, unlike unlike the original series movies, I don't I don't dislike any of the TNG movies. Um, yeah, yeah. is my least favorite, but that's not yeah. that that doesn't mean I don't dislike it. If you said watch it, yeah, I have no problem. And I do think a large part is Patrick Stewart because he does anchor all those movies. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, she should totally agreed. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. I, I think uh, it's to their detriment. I think that because the nature of just of the kind of movies they are, they, they felt like they had to go to the card data show and, and <laughs> exactly. a lot of the other, you know, I mean, you can do that in the, the original series was Kirk and Spock from the start. So when oh, you yeah. turn it into films, it makes sense. You have Kirk and Spock as the stars, but, yeah. um, and you were talking about earlier how on the show you'd have a Picard episode, a, a Troy episode, a Beverly episode. Right. right. And I would love it if there had been a Picard movie, a data movie, a Troy movie, you know what I mean? Like I know yeah. that's never going to happen, but I would have. Yep. <laughs> oh, me too. A hundred percent. Okay. Well, well so yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So if people want to see more of us, our show is called Earth Station Trek. We're on the ESO network. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on any podcasting platform. We're all over the place. Uh, join our Facebook group. We do polls and we talk, have discussions and, and we have a lot of fun over there. Um, and Alan, where can people find more of you on the Internet? Well, I have another podcast, which is called Modern Musicology, and you can find it on Podbean and Spotify and iTunes and all those other nifty places where you find podcasts. And I have a publishing company called Cosmic Press, and that is spelled 
K-O-Z-M-I-C, because I'm an idiot, press. <laughs> and you can find it at dot .com. You can find it Facebook, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Check it out. And how about you, Keith? You can find me on the standard locations such as Instagram, now Twitter, and on Facebook, primarily the ESO Network Facebook groups. And I was fortunate enough to have done this long enough ago where my name is actually Keith Johnson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not like Keith Johnson, one, two, three, four, five or something. <laughs> oh, I was like, I don't know what he means by that. <laughs> he was oh, Twitter user number three. He, he yeah. hasn't learned to use it yet. <laughs> And how about us, Veronica? Well, nerdy.com. Yep. Veronica and I are puppeteers. Um, we've been doing that for nine years now. We do a lot of shows for conventions and local events and things like that. A lot of nerdy sort of puppet shows, uh, Star Trek, Doctor Who, that sort of thing. You can find us at feltnerdy.com, which will redirect you to our Facebook page. So you can also <laughs> cut out the middleman and just go to see us on Facebook. <laughs> and if you happen to be in the Atlanta area, we're performing uh, an adult show at the Sinful Sundays Variety Show at the Red Light Cafe, uh, Sunday, March the 6th at 8 p.m. Um, so check it, check it out. And, 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 and J Carb Sap says, have a good night. Smiley face Spock. Take yeah. Care. Thank you everybody thank for, you so for much for and joining and commenting on LLAP. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.